Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. All right, good morning, church. You guys ready? Let's go. Let's get lined up. There's a little line right here. Do y'all know that? It's going to bother you now from this point forward if this pulpit is not directly lined up. All right. Well, good morning. It's good to be here this morning. As Brian said, my name's James Albright. I'm the Life Group Pastor and the Director of International Initiatives here at Antioch. And this has been church home for um, 21 years. So very, very thankful for this family uh, Laura and I, my beautiful wife, we've been married for 20 years coming up here in September. She serves on staff here with us as well. And we've got three incredible daughters. I didn't have a picture. Sorry, guys, but you, most of you guys know my family, but I've got a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, and 12-year-old girls. They're amazing. And as I often say, if you're ever bored on a Friday night, then you need to come to our house because it's absolutely never boring <laughs> at our house. So All right, so, um, you know, I'm really honored to be able to share this morning. I'm going to kick us off here on this sermon series called This uh, Finding Ourselves in the Story of God. And we love having these sermon, these summer sermon series where we have an opportunity to hear from more voices in the church. So we get an opportunity, a lot of, you know, different voices will be able to, to share over the next few weeks. And it's a chance for us as the people of God here as the church to just hear more of the stories, more perspectives about what God's doing and this, the, the story of his work and his life in us as a people. And it just builds us up and, and strengthens us as we hear those stories. So I'm excited to be able to kick us off here. Um, and we, uh, you know, I wanna just in, encourage you to let your faith level rise for these messages because this is not... Uh, we don't do this just so Jamie can have a few weeks of a uh, preaching break. We do this intentionally so that we can hear the stories of what God's doing in us as the people of God. So that's, that's what we wanna make sure your faith level just rises in expectation week after week for all that God wants to do in this time. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're gonna, this morning, I feel like, uh, you know, this is good news for all of us. I feel like I got a word. You know, I've got, this isn't just, I'm not just coming up with stuff. Like, I feel like the Lord has, has actually given us something that is for us as the people. So that's good news. We've got a word this morning. And today I want to talk with you about our call to a discipleship culture. So our call as the people of God to create a discipleship culture here at Antioch Fort Worth. And really, that's a, that's a big C kind of calling. And this comes right out of my own story which is why I wanted to share it. You know, if there's, there's anything that you could say about my life, it's that it's been shaped in the place of discipleship. It's been absolutely transformed in the place of those one-on-ones, one-on-two small group discipleship. And so I wanna just challenge us and encourage us and help us all to jump in the river of what God's doing in that way. And so we're gonna look at a couple of different things, but the main thing we're gonna look at is Jesus and how he showed us the way, this way of discipleship. So when I look back on my life, 
I see the story of God being shaped in me and that's characterized through uh, learning to follow hard after Jesus myself, others helping me along the way, and then being able to give away to others what I have been, what I have received. And that's just a picture of kind of how I see if I could just characterize a lot of what's gone on in my life since beginning to follow Jesus. So when I look back on my years of following Jesus and my years of ministry, both as a volunteer and as a staff person, the most rewarding, most significant things have been in that place of discipleship. And I wanna make sure you hear that because a lot of times in the American Western church, we can think what's significant is if you can gather a whole bunch of people and then you have, a, then you have significant ministry. Or if you can have a book that's known and on the New York Times bestseller or a podcast that's listened to by a whole bunch of people. But what I wanna tell you is that the most significant thing that any of us can do is to grow as disciples of Jesus ourselves and give it away to others. That is the most significant thing. And when I look back on my life and I see the, the most significant things that I've been able to be a part of, it's been those one-on-one -on -one connections with, with somebody. It's been those smaller groups where, where it's getting real and we really follow hard after Jesus. That's where we see impact. And that's the way of Jesus. So I wanna start by telling you some stories you know, my walk with God has been shaped by a number of different things uh, throughout my years of following Jesus. So I'll kind of walk you through some of those. So I'll start with my parents who are literally right now, if you guys just turn around and look at that camera. Which camera? That one? That one right there where Isaiah is. Look at him and wave and say hi to my mom and dad. They're literally watching right now. They join us every single Sunday from Washington State. They have their own church family there and they join us. They're a part of our family. They love this church. And so my parents were the first influence, major influence in my life. They invested in me in so many ways. Uh, they invested in me through daily conversations, through making church a priority in our lives, through showing me what it looks like to be people of prayer. Um, you know, yeah, they, through, uh, they just pray for us a lot. And they prayed for us a lot. They're model for us and model for me what it looked like to be a follower of Jesus. My parents are incredible people and I'm so thankful. My youth pastor, when I was a teenager, my youth pastor picked me out of a crowd and he started to hang out with me and this is gonna date me, but he would come and hang out with me and a group of friends every week on a certain day of the week, I forget what day that was, at what could only be described as an arcade. So I know that sounds like really ancient to some of you, but it was just, we would go and we'd play pinball and we'd play pool together and then he'd buy us a Coke and we would sit down and talk about Jesus. It's really simple, but it changed my life. In college, I had an RA at Grand Canyon University. I went there for one year and I, he started a Bible study on the floor and, I, and he invited me to it. And I was new, I didn't know a lot of people just because it was a new school, new environment. And, uh, and he invited me to come and I began to participate in that, built a friendship with him. He invited me to a, um, to a retreat that happened in the first few weeks of the, of the school year. And that retreat changed my life. I cannot remember the guy's name, 
I've looked for him online. I'm trying to like, was it Dusty? So, you know, I'm like, what was his name? I can't remember his name. But the guys, he invited me and he, he, he said, hey, come and ride with me in the retreat. So we rode, there were a bunch of students. There was a big bus going, but he's bringing me the personal invite. Hospitality matters, college students. Even a college student can display hospitality. So I, he invited me to jump in and, and we rode up there together to this retreat. My life was changed at that retreat. Uh, later on in college, when I was waking up to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there was a couple in this little church that I interned at that just invited me into their life. They just, they were, they just welcomed me into their lives. So they had little ones, so they didn't have a whole lot of time, but whatever time they had, they just offered, and we would just eat meals together from time to time. I would help take kids to soccer practice, so I was helping them out. They would, you know, I would watch the dog when they were out of town, you know, that kind of thing. We were just, but they welcomed me into their life, and as we went, as we did those types of things, they're talking to me about the Holy Spirit and what it means to walk with the Holy Spirit. They discipled me. It was a significant season in my life. As a young adult, an older brother began walking with me and helped me through some steps of freedom as I realized some places of addiction in my life. And it started with him reaching out to me and saying, hey, would you like to go get coffee? We went to Starbucks and we got a cup of coffee and it ushered in this season of breakthrough that was significant in my life. When I became a life group intern for the first time as a young adult, the life group leader would meet me and the other, the other intern at, um, at Wendy's every, every single week, Kenny Kahn, for those of you who know Kenny Kahn, every single week we'd sit in Wendy's, we'd talk about Jesus, we'd talk about what God's doing in our life group and we'd eat a Frosty. And then we were discipled. We looked more like Jesus as a result. All these people I'm describing have significantly shaped my life with God. All of these people helped me find myself in the story of God. They helped me connect in with what God's doing. And all of these relationships were facilitated through the church, through small groups, and even through then discipleship groups smaller groups that were often facilitated through life groups. All of these people utilize normal things like coffee, a car ride. I didn't tell you a story about some doing yard work together. One of the guys was like, hey, I don't have much time because I got little ones, but I know I'm gonna be doing my yard on Saturday afternoon if you wanna hang out with me and help me do my yard work. And so I'd come along and I just learn and glean from him as we went. You know, through these simple things, a frosty at Wendy's, uh, taking kids to soccer games, those types of things, all of these people had a vision of what an investment could be. If you invest a little bit of discipleship, a little bit of time in somebody, what could happen? What could happen? What type of, what type of change could happen in somebody's life? And it's for this reason that we desire to create a discipleship culture here at Antioch. It's because we don't want this to just be my story and a few other stories. We want this to be something that becomes contagious and gets out of control. We want this to become something that these four walls cannot contain. It would get exciting to me if I started to realize that this got out of control, 
this old discipleship thing? What if we started to see this happening in our places of work? What if there were relationships and groups that I, as the life group pastor, know nothing about? But it's because they're, they're getting multiplied and reproduced all over our city. What if there were neighborhoods that were impacted because we got a hold of the life of God in us and then it multiplied out to others? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? So this is why we want to do this. This is what, this is the way of Jesus is really what we're talking about. We're talking about the way of Jesus. So the main thing here that I wanna share with you this morning is that God is calling us to a culture of discipleship here at Antioch, following hard after Jesus and making disciples of others as we go. Amen? All right, so let's pray. You're just gonna welcome the Holy Spirit even more, even more, welcome him more. And then we're, we're gonna dive in here to the word of God. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. And we thank you, Jesus, that you showed us the way. You showed us what it looks like to live as followers of Jesus, to follow hard after you, and then you showed us what it looks like to give that away to others. So God, would you give us grace this morning to receive everything that you've got for us. Don't let any of us walk out of this room the same. Jesus, we wanna meet with you and we welcome you this morning. It's in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. All right, so in order to talk about this, we're gonna turn to the word of God. So I wanna encourage you to open up your Bibles to John chapter one, verses 35 through 42. So two key characteristics of a culture of discipleship is what we're gonna talk about here. So number one, the first key characteristic of a culture of discipleship is that we are committed to following hard after Jesus. We are committed to following hard after Jesus. It first means that we as a people of God, to have a culture of discipleship means that we're the ones who lead out first by having this culture, by having this by following hard after him ourselves as disciples. It starts right there. So let's, let's go to the word of God here. John 1, start in verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent the day with him. And it was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who'd heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing, Jesus, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. That's underlined in my Bible. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter, the rock. This is awesome, isn't it? So we, catch, we get a little glimpse of what it was like there in those first interactions with Jesus and these guys. What those disciples must have been thinking about. You know, we know that those two guys 
were hungry for change. They were hungry for, for God to move in their own life and, in their, and in, their, in their nation because they were following John the Baptist. So th- this guy, you know, to follow John the Baptist, he had to be a little radical. He had to be a little out there because John the Baptist was a little out there and radical. He was out there eating locusts and dressed in camel hair and all that kind of stuff. And so these guys were hungry for something to happen in their own lives and in the lives of others. And we know that Andrew began to follow Jesus from that point forward. He was a follower of Jesus. We don't know who the other guy was. Maybe he was one of the 12, we don't know. It's not mentioned. But these guys, you know, they are, um, they, you know, John the Baptist says to, about Jesus, and he'd already said this before in this passage. This is actually the second time John had said, that, said this, but he, he called out and he said, look, it's Jesus, the Lamb of God. And he called out to him. He pointed his disciples to Jesus. He pointed his disciples to Jesus. And they saw him. And then those two guys got something dropped in them, got fire dropped in them, and they, were, they dropped everything, and they followed Jesus. And I love their first question because I think it really helps us to understand a little bit about their motivation and just kind of the, the heart of what was going on. And they were going, they just said, you guys remember the question, where are you staying? What a funny question. But I think they just wanted to get to know him. They, saw, they, they heard the testimony of the guy that had been discipling them, saying, look, there's the Lamb of God. That's a big declaration. But then they come and they said, where are you staying? Can we just be with you? Can we just walk with you? That's what these guys wanted. I think these guys just wanted to be with him. And through the discipleship of John the Baptist, they were able to find Jesus, the Messiah. And the discipleship culture is facilitated first and foremost through us pursuing Jesus. We're the disciples first. Before anything can ever happen with any kind of multiplying it on outside of that, we first have to go, Jesus, you're the one I want. I see you, I see, they're, you're, they're pointing to you. So right now, if you need to hear me point to them, like point to him like Jesus, like John the Baptist did, I'm pointing to Jesus. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. And, we are, we are, and I'm calling us as a people to follow hard after Jesus, to follow hard, wholeheartedly after him. That's our first call. That's our first call. So when we encounter Jesus like these guys did, we become passionate about him and his purposes in the earth. When we follow him, we, when we encounter him, we become passionate about him and his purposes in the earth. And then that passion becomes contagious to others. But all of this begins with that desire to see Jesus, to be with him. All of it begins there. A discipleship culture begins with the desire to be with Jesus, to follow hard after him. And if we want to influence others around us and disciple others, which we were about to get to that, but if we want that to be a part of our life, we start by spending time with him ourselves so that we have something to give away to others. We start there. Did you know that we become what we behold? Have you heard that sentence before? If, you're in, if you've been in discipleship school over the last few years, you've heard that sentence. We become what we behold. And so the question is, what are we beholding? 
So if we spend time with Jesus, if we take time to be with him, then we will become more like him. If we spend time in his word, then his word will shape our lives. And so, but likewise, when we behold other things, they also have a power over us. We begin to become, we begin to look like the things that we behold. So the question is, what are we beholding? What are we spending our time on? How are we investing our attention? That is a very important question. Are we beholding Jesus or are we spending more time? And just so you know, I'm talking to myself here, okay? We're in this together. Are we beholding Jesus? Are we spending more time scrolling through our social media? Are we beholding Jesus or are we spending more time making sure we understand the opinion of our preferred news channel? Are we friends? This is not just a youth thing. We often talk about this with youth in college, but are the friends that we're around pointing us to Jesus? This is for all of us. Are they, are they catalyzing our relationship with Jesus and pointing us to him? To follow hard after Jesus means that we're spending time with him. And this following hard after Jesus starts in our times alone with him. It starts with just us in a, alone, spending time with him. Starts with, we wanna meet with him morning after morning, receiving that daily bread, that very nourishment from him. It starts there, but it doesn't just stay inside of the four walls of our house. Our following hard after him continues as we go on to work and we, and we, uh, we begin to express the love of Jesus with those that are working around us. And we're asking the question, because we're followers of Jesus, we're asking the question, Jesus, what are you up to today? Because I'm following you. You're not following me here. I'm following you to see what you're up to. So Jesus, what are you up to in this place of work? But it doesn't just stay there at the work and at home, but it acts, our following heart after him is seen in the way that we react to, uh, to current events and politics and things that are going on in our day right now. Instead of asking the question, how can I hang on to my rights and fight for my rights? We wanna ask the questions, Jesus, would you break my heart for what break yours? Would you break my heart for what breaks yours? Jesus, may I see this situation with your eyes and not through the eyes of my preferred news channel or social media feed. You know, this week our hearts broke for what happened in Uvalde. And this was not okay, what we've already talked about. It's not okay what happened in no way, shape or form. It was evil. And many are using this opportunity to be able to, to stand up whichever side of the aisle you find yourself on, to stand up and have our rights, defend whatever the right might be. But instead, in situations like these, may we be asking these questions, Jesus, how can I be a peacemaker like you were in this situation. You were not characterized by violence. You were characterized by peacemaking. How can I follow you in this situation right now and embody the very life of Jesus right here in our world today? Because that's real. The conversations that we come down to in the workplace, the, the things that are happening on social media, that's, that's getting down to nuts and bolts, right? That's getting real. 
And so how are we approaching those conversations? Are we being violent with our words and actions or are we being peacemakers like Jesus with our words and actions? May we follow hard after Jesus. And as we do that, our lives will look more and more like him all the time. Day after day, we'll look more like him. Amen. All right. So this leads us to our second key characteristic of a discipleship culture, and that is, number two, we are committed to making disciples of others as we go. We're committed to making disciples of others as we go. So I'm gonna bring us back here to this passage, John 1. And in this scripture, I wanna highlight the simple investment of Jesus. So his investment in these two guys was not impressive. It wasn't all that flashy. He could have gone, I mean, we don't actually know what all happened, but he could have gone and healed a bunch of people and be like, let me get these guys' attention. You know, I'm gonna go and raise some dead right now. And we're gonna, we're gonna make this thing flashy. We're gonna get on the news. We're gonna see this thing happen. But instead, what he did was he made the investment of time. He made himself available. He made himself available. I want margin in my life so that I'm available. I'm available to my kids. I'm available to my wife. I'm available to those who might reach out to me. I want that in my life. And that's what Jesus modeled for us. He modeled that, that margin, that, that availability. They asked him that simple question, where are you staying? And he said, come on, come and see. Let's spend some time together. And the life of God that was inside of him made such an impact on those guys' lives that the, that the testimony of Andrew when he came to his brother Peter was, we found the Messiah. That was the testimony. That's quite a jump. You know, we jumped, we had one really good afternoon with Jesus from about four o'clock in the afternoon. They spent some time together and he goes, we found the Messiah, Peter. Come on, come and check this out. That's incredible, what an impact. And this seems to be the model of Jesus, though. You know, he, he spends time with people. He, he, he would eat meals together with people. He would make time for that. He would, he would go fishing with his disciples. That story in Luke 5, right? He would say, hey, come out and put your nets out into the deeper water. Let's go fishing together. They would, he would uh, travel with them. They walked along the way. They would go on boats. They would do all these, they traveled together. They spent time together, and it was through that influence that their lives were changed, through that time together. So this is why Jesus could then say in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we've got that verse here, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. He could tell them this here at the end of his ministry on earth because, with confidence because they had been with him. So he could say to them, go and reproduce this, make disciples, baptize, teach them what I've commanded, teach them to obey. I wanna highlight that. He didn't say teach them and make them converts. He said make them disciples, followers of Jesus. That's an important distinction. Make them followers of Jesus. Teach them what I've taught you. And don't worry, I'm with you. I'm with you. And this is why he could say this to them, because they had been together. They had spent time together. 
The same is true for us as we spend time with Jesus, as we look more like him, then we too can go as we go. Another thing we've talked about in the discipleship school in the past, as we go, we can then go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. This was made possible because they had been with him. And that call is there for us as well today. All right, so how do we work this out here on a daily basis, day in, day out basis? So the way we worked out this discipleship culture here at Antioch is through these, the five circles of the church. A lot of you guys have seen this, some of you have not. So we often talk about these five circles of a healthy church. We're gonna also call it the five circles of a discipleship culture. How's that sound? We'll change the slide to make it say that someday. So these five circles are present in the life of a healthy church. And these, this is where our lives as individuals, where we as individuals can grow and we as a community can grow together. When these things are functioning, when me and Jesus, when our devotional times are flowing, when we're connecting first and foremost with Jesus and receiving from him. When we're coming together in the twos and threes, we got life on life sharpening going on in our lives. When we're coming together house to house in the life group setting, or however that might look, but in our context, it's life group. And when we come together on a Sunday morning, church gathered, and when we're going out on mission into the world, and into our city, into the world, into all that God's got for us, that is how we function and flow and work out this discipleship culture. It's through those circles, through those five circles of the church. And so my question for us as you look at those is, for all of us, we have places where we need to grow. So as you look at that, you might think to yourself, you know, my time with Jesus is really flourishing, but I've really struggled to get connected to a life group. We wanna help that. Maybe that's time for us to take steps forward. Or maybe you're connected deeply with, with, uh, with life group and a Sunday morning, but your time with Jesus is struggling. We wanna help that. We wanna take steps of growth. So my question for all of us is where is it that God's calling us to take a step forward in one of these circles, in one of these spheres? For all of us, there's a place to step forward. And so we wanna do that. We wanna be a part of that type of a culture. These are powerful questions for us to consider and I wanna challenge us to just take our next steps of obedience. That's really all this is talking about. When we talk about discipleship, we talk about following him, we're just talking about taking our next steps of obedience, saying our next yes to Jesus, and he'll meet us there every time, guaranteed, every time. All right, church. So we're gonna go into a time of responding to the Lord, getting some ministry time. So if you would, go ahead and stand up. Ministry team and worship team, if you'd come on forward. We're gonna to respond to the Lord. So if you're new here to us, this is your first Sunday or you've not been around for something like this, and what we do, we wanna have an opportunity to be people who respond to what God's doing in us. I believe the Lord's at work in us. He's calling us to things. This is a word for us as a people. And so we wanna be people who, who respond to the word of the Lord. 
and, uh, and not just hear it, but actually walk it out. And so that's, that's all this is. This is an opportunity for us to be able to receive some prayer from some of these folks, or if you're with somebody, it's fine, pray with them. But we wanna say yes to the Lord and what he's doing. And it, oftentimes it takes a moment of, of stepping out in faith and moving forward into what, uh, into, and coming forward for prayer. So I wanna encourage you to do that. So what would it be like this morning? I want us to consider what would it be like if we caught this vision of being a discipleship culture? What would it look like if this house were known as a house where disciples are made? As we talked about, that all starts with us being disciples of Jesus and following hard after him and then saying yes to that call to go and make disciples. It starts here with a yes, Jesus, to what he's doing and following him. And it takes all of us. You know, if we, if we were all in, what kind of impact would that be for our city, for our nation, and for the nations? It's an incredible thought. And so that's what we wanna, we wanna take steps this morning, responding to the Lord. So perhaps this morning, as I shared about following hard after Jesus, you thought to yourself, I, man, I just, something's stirring in me. I wanna follow hard after Jesus. I've, I've, I've gotten a little bit sleepy. I've gotten a little bit tired and I want a fresh baptism. I want a fresh fire burning in my heart for Jesus. If that's you, then I wanna call you forward. Come on up and get some prayer. If you, maybe you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you've never said yes to following him. Today's the day. Today's the day. Make today the day that you say yes to him. Or maybe this morning you realize that you really want your life to count. You wanna jump in with what God's doing in the world and you want to be a part of disciple-making activity. You want, to, you want that to be a part of your story. You want your life to be able to, to you wanna be able to share what you've got with those around you. Then today is the day to make a step forward and say, Jesus, I wanna be a part of that. Lead me forward as I go. So there's, there's a thousand other needs that might be in the room right now. So whatever it is that you might have come in here this morning needing, then we wanna call you up and ask that you come and receive prayer. We don't want anybody here this morning to not receive prayer for something that they need. So come on up. I'm gonna pray for us and they're gonna lead us here in a song and we're gonna, we're gonna just respond to the Lord. So Father, would you just come? Holy Spirit, we welcome you to move in the room. We ask that you would come and have your way. We ask Jesus that you would stir in our hearts. Lord, we wanna be followers of yours, Jesus. We wanna follow hard after you. We wanna chase after you in everything that we do, Lord. So would you do it in us today? And would you stir in us that yes, whatever that yes is that we need to say to you. Father, would we say yes this morning, right now, for just such a time as this. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. So come on up, receive ministry, receive prayer as the Lord leads you.